so basically I, I noticed that there was a lot of empty seats in these venues that I was visiting. And I said, Hey, what's going on with this? Why are there so many? And they're like, well, you know, that's, that's, if you can figure out how to get these seats full, um, very quickly, um, with a great user experience, uh, you'll be the king in this space. And that's kind of like how Dibs was born. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech, here is your host, Ron Malhotra. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. Today, I have... I love how world how the world works in bringing these th- simple things together. I am in Goa, as listeners to the podcast for the last couple of episodes will know. And I'm speaking to somebody who, believe it or not, lives in Canada, but originally is from Goa, running a sports tech company based out of Toronto. Welcome to the show, Brennan D'Souza. Hi, Ron. How are you doing? Happy to be here. Man, I'm enjoying the sun. And the sand. I had a beautiful day. Uh, in fact, we did our weekly show. I did it from. A, I do a weekly live show talking about top sports tech news for the week. Uh, I did it from a beach shack in Goa uh, in a little tank top. I felt that was maybe a bit unprofessional, but it just fit the vibe that I was feeling today. I've had a nice day of working from beach shack, shall we say? So I'm very much enjoying my time in Goa and working from here. How is the? Uh, I, I believe it might be a bit colder where you are. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Um, um, so I, I travel a lot, but this week I am home, and uh, I came to a nice minus ten weather. So uh, there's a lot of snow on the ground, and I'm uh, uh, I'm, I'm about to leave next week for uh, some more journeys. So um, uh, hopefully I can get out of this, and it'll be a little bit milder for me. But uh, but yeah, no, all good. Part and parcel of living in Canada, right? Part and parcel, the part and parcel of the life of an entrepreneur on the road all the time. Um, Brennan, I want to do a quick intro, but I think it's always best to hear from you. The reason I reached out to you, and I, we just discussed it, it's the first time that we met, um, like literally 10 minutes ago before we started the recording. Uh, I just love the simplicity of the product of Dibs. Yeah, and the one line takes it all. It's upgrade your seat while you're in a sports venue via text message. That is the essence of the product. Am, am I wrong? That's that's correct. Absolutely correct. Uh, you couldn't have said it any better because um, um, it's actually not more complicated than what you just said. And uh, whatever you think it is, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And that's what I was attracted to because I love those. I love what I call grandma proof ideas, which you could tell anybody and, you know, whether it's a baby or a grandma, they just get it. They might not like it or whatever, but at least they know what is happening. Um, which is a really important description or way to position your business. Um, and before we come to the actual business of what is Dibs, how I came across it, I know you guys have just, just come up out of a cohort, um, out of a sports accelerator program. Before we get into all that, I want to talk about you, uh, what's been your journey as a founder, which has taken you to, to Dibs. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I am coming from the, uh, believe it or not, the um, uh, the video world, the video production world. Um, I used to be the director of media for like some large organizations, um, and uh, Dibs actually was 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 an idea that came out because I had um, I had a simple idea like, hey, what if uh, you were in a venue and uh, you know there was somebody who had nosebleed seats would uh, could view um, somebody who had you know the 
see the view of somebody that had like floor seats, right? And uh, and you know this was around the same time that you know uh, YouTube Live, uh, uh, Facebook Live, Periscope was coming out, and um, I, I and so I went to the I went to the teams and the the GMs and I said, hey, look, what do you think of this idea? And um, I'm pretty sure I can make it happen. Uh, and and they said um, that's great, but it wasn't a solid business model at the time. So so basically, I, I noticed that there was a lot of empty seats in these venues that I was visiting. And I said, Hey, what's going on with this? Why are there so many? And they're like, well, you know, that's, that's, if you can figure out how to get these seats full, um, very quickly, um, with a great user experience, uh, you'll be the king in this space. And that's kind of like how dibs was born instead of virtually getting them into those seats. How about we actually get them into those seats? And, um, when we started to do, um, you know, like some testing on what would be the fastest way, uh, we said, you know what, what if we just sidestep the app? What, what if, you know, like everybody's fed up of the app. There's sometimes it's low connectivity or no connectivity, uh, or, or sometimes that, you know, you might have a, an older person that's not tech savvy. So what if we just did this through text messaging? And, uh, you know, that, that was kind of like how dibs was born. Um, and then, um, you know, we, uh, we, we went on from there. Uh, one of the biggest, I guess one of the biggest things that happened is that, um, the pandemic kind of like stopped us in our tracks. I guess it stopped everybody. And there was a lot of unknowns. But I, I think what was really cool is that we um, uh, we were being vetted by Comcast and the Sports Tech Accelerator. And um, obviously, they have massive resources, uh, massive network and connections. And um, we were able to pitch to them. And we said, hey, look, um, we think we have something here. Um, you know, if you, you know, we've done it in a 2000 seat venue. If you were to allow us like, you know, a 40,000 seat baseball stadium through one of your contacts, we can prove very quickly. This is either going to like fall flat or it's going to like take off like a rocket ship. Uh, luckily at that point, they uh, hooked us up with, um, our, we launched with the Atlanta Braves and, um, and we, and it was like a resounding success. So we knew we had something and then now we're on our journey to bring that to like, uh, teams and leagues and venues everywhere. I think it's, once again, the simplicity of the idea comes from usually a very simple origin story. By the way, I, I did like the the casual uh, flex of, I just called a bunch of NBA GMs and said, hey, would you like this product? So, okay, yeah, man, 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 man's got some phone numbers in his in his contact list, but good, good for you to have built that out. Um, so it came from a simple idea. Um, and did you get to the accelerator as in, was it formulated? Was it incubated there or were you already kind of a viable MVP, uh, running and then that yeah. dashboard got accepted by Comcast? Sorry, just to be clear, yeah, so just to clarify, this is the NBC Com uh, um, Comcast sports tech, uh, program, which is, I think they ran their first batch last year. They're running the second now and you were, I guess, yeah. part of their first cohort. Yes, yes. Okay, so it is the NBC Universal Comcast Sports Tech Accelerator. Yeah. Um, yes, they that have, is the correct uh, mass, name. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they have uh, massive partnerships um, like WWE and NASCAR yeah. and like these huge behemoth uh, companies. And, and, and really what happens is when you go through the accelerator, uh, they vet you, right? They vet your idea. Mm -hmm. You could be an early stage. You can be a late stage. But they're, they're really betting on the founder and the team to take it to the finish line. And so they, uh, they also invest in us. Like, so they are on our cap table and, um, and, and more importantly, they talk to their partners and the partners really have input in saying, Hey, this is a company that, you know, we'd like to work with. This is something that we could trial. This is a proof of concept. Uh, this could be a commercial deal. Right. And so we jumped into that and, and I remember thinking like, uh, Hey, it's one thing to be in an accelerator, 
but it's another thing to use that accelerator to its full potential. And so mm-hmm. our my main goal in, in getting the into the accelerator was meeting with these partners and then like basically sealing a deal, like getting a proof of concept. And in our time at the accelerator um, is, is what happened with the Atlanta Braves. Um, uh, wow. An introduction was made. Uh, we went through the ringer, went through compliance. Uh, you know, they, they wanted us to put, put us in their stadium just in a small proof of concept way. But it gave us the credibility um, to then say, look, we we did it. And and now we can we can take that and replicate that across, you know, other teams and other leagues and, and other verticals. So that's kind of like how it was all born. And and I'd say that um, uh, it was our real uh, it was the jumpstart that we needed on a on a, on a bigger stage uh, that kind of like helped us uh, get to like where we are right now. And that is huge to, to maximize that opportunity. And that's what these programs are meant to do, to help a company literally accelerate their growth. And if you can do it while you're there, I think very often, and this is just a bit tangential, but having been a mentor to a few accelerator programs now, I feel like a lot of startups literally hit the pause button while they're in the program for that two or three months. Like they forget about sales, they forget about hiring, they forget about a lot of other things and everything becomes about the fundraise. Um, which, ah, that's one of the worst things you can do because the, basically all the judges and all the investors, everybody who was part of your application process, when they come back to you for your demo day three months later and they haven't seen you really move the needle, you've had a bunch of conversations and stuff, but actually you haven't taken tangible steps forward, that's not a good sign to anybody. So the fact that you managed to pull that out, uh, pull off an actual pilot, an actual POC is fantastic. Now, Talk to me about what's grown on. I want to come back to the product a bit, but since we're on that track of momentum that you've built, what followed mm-hmm. after? Like having come out of that, uh, coming out of the program after that POC, where have you gone uh, since? Yeah. Then? So, so, so let me uh, let me give you a little context. Uh, in it, you said it best, we upgrade people um, from bad seats to good seats. Let's put it that way. But more importantly. What we're really doing is that we are selling distressed inventory. This is a term in the right. distressed ticketing inventory. The term in the industry for um, this is inventory that um, is available two hours to three hours or whatever, right before the event starts. And this is um, this is crucial inventory. Sometimes there are holes that get released. Sometimes, for whatever reason, those seats are there, unused, available and can be sold. So we um, we go and we try to take that inventory and then we pass that along. We're like a conduit, right, to the people that are there. So people going to these venues are, are like, hey, look, I, I'm going to call dibs on, on on like a seat upgrade. I'm going to, uh, oh man, I'm in, I'm in the 400 level. This sucks. And I want, uh, what's the fastest way I can get down there? Now we all know you can seat hop. It happens. Okay. I, I've been guilty of it in the past. But what we're trying yeah. to say is that, look, what if what if you could actually just text a number, you know, so like scan a QR code, text a number, and um, some options are given to you, and then you're in the you're in the moment, you're you're in the stadium, and you can be any closer. So yeah, you're in the moment, the sights, the smells, the sounds. You want to have a better experience, and so we kind of facilitate that better experience, and we work with the teams, uh, the leagues, the ticketing operator to make sure that we can get you from th- that bad seat to a good seat seamlessly, and so. We wanted to like do you know test that theory in different verticals. So coming out of um, uh, the accelerator, you know, we we did the the Atlanta Braves. Okay, cool. Major League Baseball. We know that the model's good there. Well, right after that, we did Penn State, um, and uh, you know, we we had a different a little different version of it. But yes, it, you can see that it's applicable there. 
We then did all the music festivals in uh, in Montreal this summer, massive music festivals. I'm talking 20 days of 50,000 plus people. And um, in that case, it was more like a, uh, uh, we provided like surprise and delights on behalf of uh, Bell Canada, which was the sponsor. And uh, and then now we're, you know, in the process of like talking with Scotiabank Arena for, uh, you know, for the MLSE and, you know, they represent four leagues in one. So we're excited to see where that goes, maybe a licensing model. And then, um, you know, I was last week just at, at, at NASCAR um, in, in Los Angeles for the Bush Light Clash. And, uh, you know, those talks have started with uh, with NASCAR as well. But the, the number one thing is like, yes, as we're moving through, we are we are proving that this can be a thing. We have to do it at scale. So we have to get the, uh, you know, that consent and, you know, uh, that work, good working relationship with that, the, those stakeholders. And then hopefully we can start to do this on a nightly basis at all venues and all teams everywhere. So massive path, but um, very excited to be on this journey. I also love that I just got the name. I mean, I heard the name Dibs, but I got Dibs in that seat. I just got it. Well, mm-hmm. done. well played. You snuck up on me yes. there. Um, I, I want to address something about the actual product lifecycle, because one of the things, I, I love the simplicity of it, but then immediately my first thought was, isn't this a plugin? Isn't this just feature to SeatGeek, to Ticketmaster, to anybody else? And sure, maybe that's your exit route if you're looking for one, depending on how you scale, blah, blah, blah. But is that how you see it? Or, or is this, do you think this is a rich enough product on its own? You already mentioned surprise and delight, for example. Yeah, so yeah. that's, a, that's yeah. a way of engaging with um, people who are already in the venue. So it's, is yeah. it... Is it just about the upgrade? In which case, I would say, I mean, it's a nice tag on or a feature that you can bolt onto sure. any sort of ticketing app. Or do you think that this product can be richer on its own? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so there's a lot to unpack there. Okay, so I think the first thing I would say is, is that you have to remember, and without getting into too many details with the ticketing landscape, because that's a that's a convoluted system on its own. But you have to remember that there are primary sellers and then there's secondary re- resellers, right? right. We are not a secondary reseller. We'll never be a secondary. That to me are the equivalent to like scalpers, right? Like they, that's just no value for the fan. Okay. So are we a tag on? Uh, we are only a tag on in the sense that we help the ticketing operator and the team sell primary tickets um, that are left over. So this is not like something that is like um, on any sort of like resale or resold market. This is us. Um, kind of like helping the fan that needs the seat, helping the ticketing operator that has the distressed inventory, and definitely the team that's going to like lose money from an unused, unsold seat. So we are in that, that last so, moment. Just, we do that handshake. Just to clarify my own understanding. So does that mean that if I bought uh, my ticket off a secondary platform, I could still get an upgrade? Or do I have to always have bought from the primary to, to be eligible to use dibs? Look, the bottom line is that it doesn't matter how you bought your ticket to get to the venue. Once I'm what in the venue, do, I can upgrade. Go absolutely. It's, it, look, we don't know how you got there. I mean, let's be honest. The financial patron is not always the attending patron, right? Yeah, um, they are gifted. They are uh, freebies. They're corporate tickets. It doesn't matter how you got there. But once you're there, that's when you jump into our flow and then we take you to the finish line. So, so we made it super simple. And the only way you can do this at scale is to be, uh, you know, properly aligned with, like I said, the, the three people that are in the room the most, um, which is the the gatekeepers. That would be the the league, the team, and the ticketing operator. All of which is who we talk to to make this happen for the fans. 
Fantastic. I mean, I can still already see the use case because I mean, people who are in the industry, as you just went for an event, I mean, you might get access to an event, get a free pass here and there, get a free ticket to watch something because you're you're at uh, you're part of something else that's happening around the event. I could come in and say, hey, maybe there's a court side. I got this for free. Maybe I'll upgrade, you know, by myself. I mean, that's just one yeah. use case. There are so many. Um, and I will, I will, I will add one more thing. I will add one more thing, Ron. So sorry to cut you off. Um, so there's also two avenues. I mean, like um, there's there's the transactional route. It's like, okay, if there's a seat there that's available, hey, I could purchase it. But what if you go to a team that, like, let's talk about like the Toronto Leafs over here, right? The, the Maple Leafs. They have no problem selling out. I'm sure it's the same thing in the mm -hmm. EPL. Look, there's it's sold out. So is is dip, is dibs applicable in like venues like that? And I'm going to say absolutely because those venues also uh, reach out to us and they're like, well, hold on one sec. Uh, we are sold out, but we always have inventory. There's always some inventory, even premium inventory. What if we were to up our sponsorship dollars, right? So so let me explain the scenario to you. What if our big sponsors were to do a surprise and delight giveaway, right, into these seats and for 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 the people in that venue? It's like, hey, hey guys, um, today try and get a seat, a ten, 10 free seats sponsored by X company, um, and and it's a surprise and delight giveaway. Twenty thousand fans are texting in to try and win that premium seat. Well, well, hey, now now that um, you got a, a lot of eyeballs on this on this call to action, and uh, a lot of data coming in. So they are looking to up their sponsorship dollars by putting this sort of a link activation within their venue with the sponsor. So yes, transactional, but also the sponsorship route as well. Interesting. So that, that's, I guess, addressing my previous question as well about how, how the product scales or how it becomes more than just a, a bolt-on some sort of ticketing app because you could totally imagine a scenario, again, for a venue uh, organizer or manager to say, hey, we're going to keep five seats free intentionally just to run a contest during the game or mm -hmm. in the first 10 minutes to say, hey, who wants to get into these five seats? And suddenly, as you said, you have an entire crowd of yeah. people um, yeah, messaging and, and gunning for those seats. Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. So, okay, we've set the context. I think you've done that. Obviously, the product is simple enough. Everybody who's listening has, has got it by now. I'm fairly confident of that. We've talked about your success. We've talked about your scale. And you're, you're kind of pivoting around. Um, what has been the biggest challenge uh, for you to get? I mean, because everybody gets it. It feels, yeah. you know what I mean? It almost feels too good to be true. Like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And yeah. often, yeah. in my experience, like those no-brainer products, they still face a lot of resistance. So what has been... Why? What are the no's that you're hearing? Like, what's the reasons behind them? Absolutely, and, and you know what? Um, um, so, if you know the ticketing world, um, this is an old boys club. All right, this is a hey, we've been doing business the same way for the past thirty years, right? Um, and and you know, it's really, really what it is. It's a. I'm going to say the biggest challenges are navigating. I guess, you know, no, no navigating the relationships between the team, the league and the ticketing operator. 
Okay. Um, uh, that's the only way that this can be truly seamless. Okay. Like, see, so remember, you don't want to be another bolt on. Oh, hey, uh, I come in through a text me- message on this. Oh, God, there's another checkout. Oh, God, I got to log in. I need data. We don't want that. Right. We're going to stick to our guns on this. The bottom line is that there's a massive amount of people in any given venue that are not going to come through the app. Let's be honest. Okay. But they will look for another channel. We're hoping to be that channel. But when you talk about challenges, absolutely. You will come into an environment like, let's say we're in the NHL and we're with a team over there. Those challenges are going to be different than what Major League Baseball is, different than what the EPL is. It's different from NASCAR. So it's about taking our, our secret sauce and making sure that they work seamlessly in all these different areas. Um, but you know what? Hey, if it was easy, it would have been done, right? And, and so that's why we're taking on these challenges and we're having those hard conversations and they are hard conversations, but we are our, our plan is to change how this can be done. And I, I think I think we're winning. We're, we're doing a pretty good job so far. So it's just a matter of educating and, and making sure that we get it out there, get that brand out there, so people can start to use it. Since I've got you here, and especially since, well, by your own admission, you're relatively new. I mean, you're in the world of ticketing, but also from an outsider, you came from a background of video. What do you? What is your take on on Web three based ticketing, or do you think that that is the again the key that unlocks us all? Does it complicate your product further, or actually it makes no difference to you guys because it's for everybody who's in the venue anyway? Maybe I can get yeah. additional data about the people who are trading in and out, but um, yeah. but yeah, it's it's not really a concern for me. What's your take on that? Um, so this is my this is my whole thing on innovation and and new innovative products, right? There's it's a two it's a two way street. Okay. Uh, there's the startup looking to innovate, but there has to be the receptor that wants to take that innovation, right? And so that's that's cool. So you know, like you you always hear of, oh, this team has in, uh, tried this new technology, or and and the way I look at it is that it's one thing thinking that it'll work and then it'll massively be adopted, and it's another thing actually being adopted, right? I don't think about what's coming next. I'll be honest with you. I, I never think about like, oh, well, here's a slight change to something. Uh, you, people are, are are very in their ways. They're set in their ways on how they're going to do things. We've just made it the lowest barrier to do something with the technology that they use every day and they understand. So in our in our way, sure, we can talk about all the new stuff that's coming out, and I'm I'm super ecstatic for anything that makes a better fan experience. But right now, there is a problem. And that problem is that I'm in a venue and I need a better seat. And what's the best way and the fastest way and a, and a way that I can trust to do that? And we just we hope to fill that gap. And, you know, that's who we want to be right now. But but yeah, to answer your long winded answer, a way of saying that um, uh, let all the let all the players come to the space. It makes it better for the for the industry and it makes it better for the fan. Uh, but um, uh, we'll see what happens. It's a big unknown, right? Actually, I, I, I would disagree. I don't think your answer was long-winded at all. I think you made a really interesting point. I think everybody has this maybe obsession or obsession is the wrong word, maybe infatuation with innovation. And sometimes the today's problems get overlooked or the opportunities maybe because yours is not even really a problem it's an opportunity like there's an mm-hmm. empty seat three rows of, or ten rows down from me how do i get yeah to that seat and that's an interesting problem to solve when you do it with existing technology nicely done all right um what's next what's coming up for you guys where does dibs go from what's- here 
what's next okay so i think uh i think our um our journey is so that we want to be everywhere. I mean, like, I know it's a tall order, but you know what? You have to think like that. Like, do, do you do you have organic growth? No, I think it's going to be like league by league. I, I really do believe that. But we have to convince, and it's a lot of convincing, um, the teams that it's, it's revenue generating. We have to convince the leagues that their fans are happy. We've got to convince the ticketing operators that we can like... Sorry, but surely with- it is revenue generating, right? I mean, your, your economics are fairly simple. For every transaction, you have a small percentage. Yes, and you know what? That goes back to the earlier point you made of it should be simple, right? Right. But you have to remember that you are entering a space where business has been done the same way for a very long time. So sure. you have to be able to do all the lift. You have to be able to like integrate with their ticketing operators, figure out their uh, their settlement processes. They don't want you to ruffle feathers. They want you to do your thing, but they want you to do their, their thing and stay within the lane that is theirs. And so right. um, I think that's the part that we're figuring out. How do you do this at scale? Because in the end of the day, if I go to um, Atlanta Braves game and then I go to a Pittsburgh Penguins uh, game and then I go to a Steelers, like I want to be able to call dibs wherever I am or even a concert or a theater. And so that's why we have to make this super simple, stupid that we can like make it easy for all also the teams to adopt. And, and they're, and they're regardless of which ticketing operator you're using, uh, we can like get in there and we can solve this for you. And then, hey, we're going to help you sell more tickets, right? So, um, so yeah, it's a no-brainer, but there's also some challenges to make this thing really at scale and not just be a one-off in certain teams here and there. Understood. I mean, you're trying to make it simpler and reduce the friction for adoption for the venues. But maybe I want my uh, answer to be a bit more specific. If there's something that you're, if there's a pilot that you're launching, if there's a new initiative that you guys are going on, let's talk about that, where somebody can actually see the name dibs ring out a bit. Sure, sure. Okay, so um, um, let's just talk about uh, what's coming up next. Uh, So right now, uh, we are uh, engaging with... um, uh, I don't want to name too too many names right now because it's sure. not fully sealed. But let's just say two baseball teams are on the roster. Okay, um, nice. uh, this is going to be pretty exciting because um, if you know baseball, um, there's two ticketing operators in the space. There is a Ticketmaster uh, that has I think six teams, and you have the other twenty four are Tickets.com. Um, we have a Nexus partnership with Ticketmaster. We have also an RDP with um, uh, with uh, TDC. Um, we are going to be working with two teams. Um, uh, I can name them. I, if this if this interview was like two weeks in the future, I could have named them. But let's just say that <laughs> no, we're going to be working. With I these just two. wanted to see the direction that you're headed in. So that you're, yeah. let's say, going deeper into the MLB. Are there any other leagues or yes. let's say directions yes. that you're heading in? Maybe you're crossing crossing across going across the pond to come to Europe. Like, what's the agenda? Absolutely. So so there is a. I mean, God, there's so much going on. But let's just say we're starting in MLB for a reason. Okay. Um, obviously. Uh, a lot of games in High the season of games yeah. and a lot of inventory a lot of okay? seats yeah this this is the this is the lowest hanging fruit and also uh the people that need the most help right so right. let's uh let's address that first and i think i think baseball is going to be good because people are going to see how this works uh and they will have that great years experience and then we can start to move towards the other leagues now nba nhl I kind of like put them in the same category because um, depending on which team, they may or may not need help. I mean, obviously, we know the flagships and then maybe the others need help. So um, we have some initiations that are coming up in in both NBA and NHL because they kind of like use the same arenas anyways. 
Um, and then uh, I will say that um, uh, courtesy of, uh, you know, what's coming up with NASCAR, we're, we're definitely engaging with them. One thing that's interesting is that uh, we are going to be doing some trials, hopefully, uh, with a, um, um, a, a certain football club in Europe. I, once again, can't oh. name who, but, but we are going to be stepping across the pond to start to make those uh, connections there. They're all linked. I mean, if you look at like certain uh, uh, organizations like uh, uh, the MLSC or FSG or HBSC, they have teams in, in the States. They also have teams in, uh, in Europe. And I think this is how we're going to start to make those connections. As we solve for teams over here, they're going to be like, why aren't we using this with our other property in Europe? Um, so, so yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. And, um, you know, keep tabs on us because there's definitely going to be a lot of information and a lot of PR surrounding that. And before I continue the conversation about Dave's Loki, that's one of the things I love about, well, one of the good things about the Americanization of European sports. There's a lot not to like, and there's a lot of pros and cons, and we can have that conversation separately. But the best thing is this crossover of innovation, because as you rightly said, now American sports owners um, who go across sports, across franchises, are investing so heavily in Europe that it's bound to happen that the success stories will also come across technologies that they use, systems, uh, infrastructure, etc. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to, and hopefully I'll see Dibs at a at a venue, maybe in Berlin, maybe somewhere nearby. Who knows? Let's see how that Actually, goes. Actually, you know what's funny? Um, just just on that topic, uh, one of the first sure. people we got reached out to was Bundesliga, um, I and I think it was uh, Cologne FC. But they um, it was really early back then, just when we were in the. But it it was good to know that people are actively looking for solutions to help. And um, like I said, it's we try to keep it simple. So that if, if this is a problem, um, hopefully we'll have a solution for you. Just what the wise over there, and again, we could keep this off the podcast or just to you. The Bundesliga and generally Bundesliga clubs are amazing at scouting innovation. And they're mm-hmm. very on point with and even doing trials and stuff that they, they will genuinely very interested. Germans in general, they have that idea of open mindedness. This trial, though, will last a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any sort of period, and, and anybody working with any sort of German organization, especially within the sports world, will know that they take their time. And if mm-hmm. they, when they take their time, they get it right, and then it'll go live. So they're very open, and they will run pilots. And the, the Bundesliga, the DFL, the DFB, uh, a lot of the German clubs, FC Cologne, Werder Bremen, Wolfsburg, uh, apart from the bigger names, Bayern Munich, Dortmund, um, Schalke, etc. They all have innovation labs and all have innovation programs, and a lot of uh, a lot of the time they're reaching out, and it's great to hear that they're reaching out to somebody like you. We might keep that in, might cut that out. Let's see. All right, uh, Brennan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, speaking to well, I don't know about saying a fellow Goan, but somebody with fellow Goan roots. Uh, that was a nice little surprise. Um, where if if somebody what, what's your call to action right now? Let's put that out there. So do you have a are you in a fundraise? Are you just looking to expand client base in different parts of the world? What is that CTA and where does somebody reach you? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so first of all, I'd say uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I mean, like I post a lot. If you want to get the true essence of what Dibs is doing and where we're doing it, get on LinkedIn because I I share a lot of the new partnerships, the new things that I, I do a lot of like speaking engagements uh, just because, um, hey, if you want to talk about innovation, I'll absolutely tell you about what we're up to. But I'd say that um, on the fundraising side of things, um, we're doing a strategic fundraise. Um, I believe that because it's um, this is a gatekeeper world, it's the gatekeepers that need the buy-in. 
Right. And so um, we are actively uh, pitching to, um, you know, the the organizations that have like two or three teams uh, that would see this being used in all those teams. So, A, they're a customer, uh, but B, they're also an investor. Um, we believe that with the right um, backing, uh, we've, we've, we've even like um, we've got like some amazing board members that have just joined the team. Actually, one of them is like the senior vice president of uh, uh, technology for Comcast. And, and just to show you that this is the we are going we're trying to go big. We're trying to let people know that this is going to be a thing. If we can get those strategic investors to come on board and, and support us and on, on this journey, I feel like we can move really, really fast. So, yeah, my call to action is keep tabs on us. Look for dibs. And um, and then reach out if you're a team, if you're a, a venue operator, if you're a league and, and you see that this is a problem for you, uh, reach out. We probably have a solution that we can help you with. D-I-B-Z dot com, Dibs and Brennan D'Souza. Um, you can find him on LinkedIn. All the details will be in the show notes. All right, Brennan, my last question is my favorite one to ask. I like to believe that we are all sports fans first. Um, so what has been your favorite sporting moment, either as a fan sure. or maybe as an athlete? Uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, uh, it's an old one. It's, uh, it's, it's something that happened. It's one of my first memories and greatest memories. Um, but uh, it's when the uh, Toronto Blue Jays won the uh, World Series in 92, um, like 20, 20, what, one years ago, whatever. Um, it was, um, or, oh, sorry, more, more than that, actually. But I actually went to the anniversary last year of that win. And it, they were, it was amazing because they were showing all the video that they replayed that. But that, that scene of Joe Carter, you know, like jumping up and down after, and it was like Toronto's first, it was like Canada's first win. It was just uh, something that was in my, um, in my memory, something that's just like burned in there. And, uh, that excitement was, uh, was, was so amazing for everybody. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, uh, we can replicate that really soon with the, with the Jays. And, uh, well, we did that with the raps recently too, but, um, that's yeah. definitely a memory that'll always stick, stick there with me. Why? One of the main reasons that I love asking that question is because you can see that moment coming back in the eyes of the person telling the story. Like they're just touching it a bit and you can see that excitement. Um, no, it's it's a great time. I mean, time flies as well. Twenty years, you're talking about thirty-one years to be more precise. Thirty-one years, uh, yes, my God, yes. It, geez, I'm dating myself, but yeah, that was uh, <laughs> good for the good for the the country, the city, and and definitely good yeah. for the Blue Jays, right? No, but but the Raptors as well. Toronto has been um, yeah has ha- has had a good run in in oh. sports recently, and a long way to continue. Brennan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for making the time. Absolutely, Ron. Yeah. All right, guys, that's a wrap for another episode. Uh, yeah, we're going to continue. I think we have one more episode in our fan series. That's the the focus for the month of February. For the month of March, we're going to bring you going to be bringing you investors, lots of new funds in sports tech to talk to and talk about. Uh, see you guys then. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportstechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.